we're talking about the Abrahamic covenant. Someone say the Abrahamic covenant. Alright, quickly, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So, one of the uh, things I like to do is to study Jewish people. Because without a shadow of a doubt, they are some of the most wealthiest people we have in the earth. And uh, part of that is because God has blessed them. But I also discovered that part of their tradition as Jewish people is that they ask their children before you uh, turn 13. Is that the first year of teenagehood? Before you turn 13, you should at least know the first five books of the Bible. They're called the Hamash, word for word. So by the time you turn 13, some are busy trying to figure out what Beyonce is saying and writing in a song book. The Jewish people are learning to memorize what the blessing is. They are learning to memorize what the word of God has to say about them. No no wonder why they dominate the whole earth. Amen. Today we're going to take a quick survey through the patriarchs, through the life of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We want to see what made them so peculiar. Amen. Genesis chapter number 14, verse 18. Genesis chapter number 14, verse 18. Thank you, Jesus. How many believe we should teach about money in the church? Amen. Amen. I believe that for the simple reason that people don't know what to spend money on. Just last year alone, South Africa spent 20 million rand on an Ashley Madison website. And if you don't know what that is, this is a website where married people go to pay money to cheat on other married people. With other married people. And South Africa alone spent 20 million. Cheating on their wives with other people who are married. Go and Google it. Ashley Madison. People don't know what to spend money on. Just last year, someone bought a, 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 a painting for 80 million US dollars. Canvas and oil. 80 million. Do you know what we can do with 80 million dollars? Do you know how many Bibles we can print with 80 million dollars? We won't even have to print bond notes if we have 80 million dollars. And someone went and purchased a canvas with oil. Amen. Do you know how many hungry kids we can feed with $80 million? People don't know what to spend money on. So let's find out what we should be spending money on. Um, Genesis chapter number 14 from verse 18. It says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram. Of the most high God, the possessor of the heavens and the earth. And blessed be the most high God which has delivered thine enemies into thine hands. And what did Abraham do? And Abraham gave him his tithes. Now I want to teach you three principles of what you are doing when you are bringing your tithes to God. Number one, a tithe 
is a principle that is outside of the law. It, is, it was not instituted by the law. So a lot of people come and they ask me, Pastor T, do I have to tithe? No, we don't live under a dispensation of do's and don'ts. Once your attitude is, I'm tithing because I have to, you're doing it all wrong. You're tithing because you get to. It's a privilege. It's an opportunity for you to bring your tithes before God. Number two, we tithe as an acknowledgement that God is our source. And not man. Quickly go to Hebrews chapter number 7, verse 10. Hebrews chapter number 7, verse 10. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter number 7 from verse 1, verse 1 to 10. Amen. Watch what it says. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. Next verse. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being the interpretation, king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, neither having the beginning of days nor the end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Next verse. Now consider how great, how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of priesthood, have a commandment to take the tithes of the people according to the law. That is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. Now, the issue here was people were saying, Jesus is not a priest. He cannot be a high priest because he does not come uh, through the bloodline of the Levites. So there is no way we can pay our tithes to him. Watch what he says. Next, next verse. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. So there is a corresponding action that takes place whenever you bring your tithes to a church. Tell your neighbor this. Church is not a social group. And make sure they understand that. Church is not a place where you come to and gossip about who bought the latest shoe. No, that's not church. Church is a spiritual entity that gives you uh, uh, access to heaven. So you're not bringing your tithes to Pastor T. Pastor T has also got to bring his tithes to Jesus. We've gotten it all twisted. Amen? Next verse. Watch what happens. <laughs> and as I may say so, Levi also, who receives tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. Give it to me in the Amplified. So he's saying the Levites, who you respect so much, they also paid tithes to Jesus. And a person might even say that Levi, the father of the priestly tribe himself, who received the tenth, paid tithes through Abraham. So when Abraham paid his tithes, because the Levites were still in the loins of Abraham, they were considered also paying tithes. What does this mean? This means the pastor must also pay his tithe. You know why? Because the pastor does not live off of the people. He lives off of his giving. If the pastor doesn't tithe, the church will go broke. 
Have you ever seen a broke church? And he will grow, go broke. Have you ever seen a broke pastor? Plenty of them. You know why? Because he hasn't mastered the principle. Next verse. For he was still in the loins of his forefather when Mesilzedek met him. So Abraham paid his, paid his tithe in acknowledgement that God was his source. He even went on to say, I will not even take a shoelace from you. Lest you say, I made Abraham rich. Amen. Genesis chapter number 14, chapter number 25, if you can, from verse 5 to 6. The third reason we give tithes, if you're taking down notes, we give tithes because we honor God. Say that after me. We give tithes because we want to honor God. 1 Samuel 2 verse 30, quickly. 1 Samuel 2 verse 30. Thank you, Jesus. Watch what it says. 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. Here's the principle. God honors people that honor him. Amen? And God does not honor people that dishonor him. Dishonor is a dangerous thing to do. You know why? Because it, it vexes your heart. Not only does it vexes your heart, it waxes your heart cold. When you make a deliberate decision to be disobedient to God. Especially when a couple connive to make a deliberate decision to disobey God. You know, when a husband and wife say, we are going to disobey God, and they agree, that's a dangerous place to be. You know, when the, when the Bible says your heart has been waxed cold, what it simply means is, uh, you know, this is the way they used to make candles. They would take a string and dip it into hot wax. And as they lift it up, a layer of wax would get cold and form a layer on the string. And they would repeat and do that thing until they, the candle is so thick. And when the Bible says your heart has been waxed cold, it means there is a, a lot of, uh, uh, there is a repetitive, there are repetitive acts of disobedience one after the other. And when it's in a couple, they disobey God and it's repetitive until they become numb to being respectful to each other. A few years ago, I dealt with a couple. They were so disobedient to God, they would connive. To just disrespect God, disregard his laws, to the point that they became so numb to the needs of each other. And don't try to figure it out, they don't come to this church. <laughs> Amen. So I, I counseled them in the afternoon, and the wife was complaining that the husband would go sometimes on Friday and come back on Monday. Prayed with them, counseled them, the husband cried in the counseling session, the wife cried, they hugged, they kissed. In the very same night, the men went away and didn't come back. Because your heart is numb. You've become so... The Bible says is, your heart has waxed cold. You don't even give a rip anymore. That's what we would say. So honor is a key principle. When you come before God and bow yourself before God and honor Him. If you want to know whether you know you honor God or you don't, look at two things. Look at your time, look at your diary, and look at your check card. 
Wherever your money is going, that's what you honor. It's as simple as that. How do you know that, Pastor T? Give me Matthew chapter number 15. Matthew chapter number 15, verse 8. Watch what Jesus says. Just look up. Let's read together. Amen? On your marks, get set, go. These people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. How did you know, Jesus, that they were honoring you with their mouth and with their lips and their heart is far from you? How did you know, Jesus? I want to know how you came to this conclusion. Give me Matthew 6, verse 21. How did you locate their heart? Would you want to know? Let me show you how God locates your heart. For where your treasure is, there would your heart be also. So God listened to your words, but he looked at your treasure. Oh yes, you cried during worship, but God looked at your treasure. Some of you don't believe it. If you're married, ladies, if you want your husband's heart to go with you, just take his check card and go to the mall. (laughs) Pastor T, he never calls me. He never wants to talk to me on the phone. Take the check card and go to the mall. That man is going to pick up the phone and go, Hey honey, how are you? I just got to see how you doing. Where are you now? I'm in pick and pay. Oh, you're in pick and pay. Where are you going to go after that? I'm going to go to check it. Oh, you're going to go to check it. And then you come back home? Yes, I'll come back home. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I miss you. Please come home. You know why? Because you have the check card. Now, you go without the check card and try and call him. Hello? 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 Oh, it's a go. I'll call you back. I'll call you back. And then he'll hang up the phone. You know why? Because the heart follows the treasure. It's as simple as that. Those of you who are dating, if he's not buying you good things, his heart is not in you. (laughs) It's as simple as that. If he forgets your birthdays, don't be talking about, uh, you know, he will change. No, he's not going to change. His heart is not in it. Because your heart follows the money. It's as simple as that. A lot of people say, you know, I don't love the Lord enough. I'm I'm not interested in church. You know how you get to be interested in church? Put your money in it. We'll see you here at 9.30. Talking about, uh, do I need to fix chairs? You know, because what do I need to do? In fact, the people that work the hardest in a church are the ones that are outgiving everybody. The people that are gossiping, you know, see, because you can't rock a boat that you are rowing. Oh, okay, moving right along. <laughs> Amen. So you are to honor God. Okay, Genesis chapter number 28, 25, 10, 25, quickly. 25 from verse 30, uh, from verse 29. What did I say before that? Oh, 25 from verse 5. Ooh, man. And Abraham gave all that he had to who? Come on, quickly. Abraham gave everything he had to who? He gave it to Isaac. How much did he give to Isaac? Everything. So if you give everything, what are you left with? I didn't hear that. Come on. Next verse. Watch what happens. But unto the sons of the concubines which Abraham had, he gave gifts. No, Abraham, you gave everything to Isaac. Where did you get the gifts that you gave to your other children? To a Jewish mind, everything is not the houses and the cars. 
Everything is the wisdom and the blessing. How did you get the houses and the cars? So the other children got the houses and the cars. Isaac got the wisdom and the blessing. So that's such that if someone comes and takes away the house and the car, he can still reproduce another house and another car. So he got everything that the father knew. Everybody else got the material things. Next verse. Let's go to uh, uh, Genesis 26 from verse 12 to 4. I'm rushing because I have only eight minutes, man. Genesis 26 from verse 12. Uh, to four. What did this wisdom and this blessing do for uh, Isaac? Watch what it did. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Isaac sowed in a famine land. You know why? Because he had the wisdom and the blessing. What is the blessing? The blessing is the supernatural power of God that causes you to prosper regardless. If I was back home, I'd say, irregardless of the environment. Amen? You just prosper. If you decide today you're going to open up a, a, a little come a market and sell tomatoes, you prosper in that. You know why? Because it's not the tomatoes, it's the blessing, it's the power of God. It is the empowerment that is backing you up. The Bible says, everything that you do with shall prosper. You will prosper at husband and wifeing too. You will prosper at parenting. Everything you do will prosper. You will prosper in your health. Next verse, watch what happened. The man... Waxed great and went forward. Nah, nah, give it to me in the New King James. It's much better. <laughs> then the man began to prosper. Someone say he began to prosper. <laughs> and continued prospering. Someone say he continued prospering. <laughs> Until he became very prosperous. <laughs> Did you see that? The man began to prosper, continued prospering until he became prosperous. I could write a rap song right there. Became prosperous. Continued prospering until I became prosperous. Yeah. Amen. I mean, the man kept prospering. In a famine land where everyone else didn't put anything in the ground, he had the wisdom and the blessing to do it. Man, this is awesome. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but this is going to bless you. Next verse. Watch what happens. For he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. This is the place where the church is coming to. Where the unbelievers will look at us and envy us. Have you ever noticed the world doesn't pay attention to broke preachers? Unbelievers. When you're a broke preacher, they'll let you preach. But once you buy a jet, they want to know now, yeah, you know. And even the politicians want to come and attend so they can also get access to the people. Because you have influence. Amen. But when you're broke, yeah, let him preach. Amen. So, what happened? This same thing was transferred from Abraham to Isaac. And Isaac took the very same thing and transferred it to Jacob. Genesis chapter number 25 from verse 29 to 34. 
29 to 34. Watch what he says. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with the same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. Next verse. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. Next verse. And Esau said, Look, I'm about to die anyway, so what is, the, what is this birthright to me? The birthright is the blessing for a bowl of soup. There are two systems that are running in the world as we speak. There is what is called the Babylonian system and it runs on greed and immediate gratification. I want it and I want it now. I want a husband, Baba, and I want him now. So if I find a boyfriend, I'm going to treat him like a husband, give him all the rights of a husband because I'm running on immediate gratification. Oh, okay, moving right along. And then the kingdom system is long term. The kingdom system says, hey, listen, I will give you this red shoe for the birthright, for the blessing. Because it understands the blessing, the power of the blessing. Amen? Watch what happens. Then Jacob said, swear me. Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. He sold his birthright for a bowl of stew, Baba. <laughs> Next verse. And Jacob gave bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank and arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Next chapter, 27, verse 18. Chapter 27, verse 18. Watch the net effect of what he did. So he went to his father and said, uh, this is Jacob now. He went to his father and he had the birthright. He said, my father, and he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Next verse. Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. See what he's looking for? He's looking for a blessing. It's going to get interesting. But Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord, your God, brought it to me. Watch what happens. The minute he began to speak about God, and the father knew his children. He knew the other one was running on immediate gratification. The other one understood the kingdom. And immediately he said, please come near me that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near him, and he felt him and said, the voices of who? Because I know Esau don't talk blessing. He said, this voice is filled with wisdom and understanding of the power of the blessing. The voice is Jacob's. Because he, he has revelation. See, for you to understand taking one and giving it to God, it takes revelation. Jesus gave a, a parable in Luke chapter number 15 and he said there was a woman. And the woman in the Bible speaks of the church. He said she had ten coins. And she lost one. And then Jesus went on to say she immediately lit up the lamp so she could look for the one. Jesus, why did you assume that she lost that money in the night? Because every person that is struggling financially, their problem is not money. Their problem is the darkness of the soul, which is called ignorantia. 
You don't know something. So Jesus automatically assumed she's losing money. It's because of darkness. She went and lit the lamp. In other words, she got revelation and began to look for that one. Watch what happens. And he said, the voice is Jacob's, but the hands are Esau. Next verse. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. Next verse. Don't, don't, don't play yet, Marshall. Then he said, are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, bring it near to me. I will eat of my son's game so that my soul may bless him. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Next verse. Then his father Isaac said unto him, come near me, and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his clothing, and blessed him, and said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore may God give you of you the dew of the heaven, and of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. From the Father, it means a lot in the Jewish community. Let the peoples serve you, and the nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. Man, I want my father to speak these words to me. In fact, when both our children were born, I was in there with a prepared speech to bless them. The first thing they said to us in theater was that you could bring any music you want, and we went in with Eric's CD. And we played the song called Holy on that track. That's the soundtrack my second child was born. And immediately after the child is born, they bring uh, the child to the mother so they can, you know, have a connection. And right after that, they bring the child to the father. And me as the father, my responsibility is to speak words of blessing. So I began to speak to that little thing. I said, you are blessed. You are the doctors were looking at me crazy. I said, you are a world changer. I said, you are amazing. You are filled with wisdom. You change this whole world. And I gave him back. And all of them were like, wow. We've never seen anything like that. Amen. This is what fathers should do over their children. Not say, you are just like your father. You are... Speak some blessing. Amen. Your words are powerful as a parent. Watch what happens. Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. And Jacob had scarcely gone out. Notice they're not carelessly using the word blessed here. You know, like we see today. You know, and a lot of people are writing on Facebook, I don't want a blesser. Are you for real? See, because the spiritual realm doesn't know what you're talking about. Saying, did you hear what that Christian just said? They said they don't want a blesser. They're crazy. Someone shout, I want a blesser. Someone shout, God bless me. Empower me to prosper. And Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. And Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father. And Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. Next verse. And he also had made food and brought it to his father and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game that your soul may bless me. All they want is words. And his father Isaac said unto him, Who are you? He said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. And then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who? Where is the one who wanted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came in. Notice there was a, there was a reciprocation. He brought something and received a blessing. That's the principle. 
for the, the, the lesser is blessed by the greater. Remember Hebrews 7? You, you know, you can't just come empty-handed, bless me. You, you're breaking spiritual protocol. He says, no, I've already received from him and I released something. It's a done deal. Next verse. I ate all of it. Go back, go back. I ate all of it before you came in and I've blessed him. And indeed, they are fighting over words. All he wants is for the father to say something. You see, in a Jewish mind, words are not just empty things flowing out, floating out of you. They carry authority. Saying, when my father blesses me, this is it. And watch what the father says. Next verse. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me also, O oh my father. But he said, your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. I mean, the father still had cars and houses to give to Esau. In fact, right after Jacob got blessed, he left the house with nothing. He went and found a job. Go with me. See, because all you need is the blessing. He said, hey, Esau, you can inherit all the father's businesses, houses. All I wanted was the blessing. Because it is the blessing. See, in a Jewish mind, it's the blessing. That's why they cherish that relationship, that connection to Abraham. When God blessed Abraham, he said, All the nations of the earth shall be blessed through you. Speaking of the Israelites and us in general. But in fact, what it says in the Amash is that all the nations, Abraham, shall bless themselves through you. In other words, they shall re receive the empowerment to make things happen for themselves because of you, Abraham. Woo! This is awesome. Genesis 28 from verse 11 to 22. 11 to 22 and then we read 30 and we'll be out. Can I do this? Just two more scriptures. Genesis 28 from 11 to 22. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones that, of that place and put it as he, at his head as he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamt, he dreamed and behold a ladder was set upon the earth and it and its top, its top reached to heaven. And there were angels of God who were ascending and descending on it. So he had an opportunity to see God's delivery system. Right now as we sit, there is a ladder on every single one of us. That is angels ascending and descending. You need to give your angels something to take into heaven so they can bring down something. Because that's the spiritual protocol. They can't go before God empty-handed. Even when they go before God, they cry out, holy, holy, holy. They, you, you, you see, you can't go before God empty-handed. You better bring something. A sacrifice of praise. A sac you better bring. You cannot appear before God empty-handed. That's spiritual protocol. You know why? Because there are angels waiting to deliver something up to God and bring something down in return. Next verse. So you see, God's, he saw... God's delivery system. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and of the God of Isaac. 
the land on which you lie, I will give it to you and your descendants. And your descendants shall be as dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The real correct translation in the Amash is all the nations of the earth shall bless themselves. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken over you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't even know it. Just like most of us. How many of you know that God is in this place? How many of you know that God was in this place last night? Next verse. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city had been Luz, Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God be with me and keep me this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house, and all of that you give me, I will surely give a what? See, nobody preached this to him. If you still need a preacher to make this decision, you are way below average. Everybody who tithe before the law they didn't need a preacher to know that you need to take part of what you earn and bring it to God. Just like a farmer in the natural. They don't need anybody to tell them, Baba, after you've harvested, you need to take a part of that and reserve it as seed for next season. You'll be a fool to eat everything as a farmer. In the natural, it's like that. In the spiritual, it's the same principle. If you eat everything, guess what? You're eating into your future. There are spiritual laws at play. You might not like it, but this is... Tell your neighbor, this is tight, but it's right. <laughs> Some of you are hurting right now, and it shows where you stand in your relationship with God. You're hurting right now. <laughs> and man, this should be a revelation to, to you why you are where you are right now. And a lot of people wonder, why haven't I prospered? Because you haven't trusted God enough. Amen? Alright, let's go to Genesis. Uh, in fact, let's read this. Uh, next verse. So Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. Next verse. And he looked and saw a well in the field. And behold, there were three flocks and sheep lying by it. For out of that well uh, they watered the flocks. A large stone was on the well's mouth. Now all the flocks would be gathered there and they would roll the stone from the well's mouth and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place on the well's mouth. And what are we on? Verse 20. Okay, let's go to Genesis 30 from verse 26. What was that? 28? 20? Okay, let's go to 30. Verse 26. Now, Jacob, just a, a, a quick re preview here. Jacob ended up getting a job with a gentleman called Laban. 
and he worked for Laban uh, for wives, and he got, uh, the Laban gave him uh, Leah first, and then Rachel later on. And after he had worked for 14 years, in fact, he was in debt. You know, what had happened was he worked for seven years, and then he was given the wrong wife. You know, they got him drunk, and they switched the wives. <laughs> because in those days, you know, whoever came in, if you kissed them, touch is a move. So the guy got him drunk first and then switched and then he kissed him. Touch is a move. And then he said, now you have to take two. And he's like, ah. I wonder what you would have said today. <laughs> now you have to take two. He's like, ah. But, ah. Amen. So here, he's worked for seven years and then when he got the second wife, they said, you're going to have to uh, get her now, but be in debt. <laughs> Pay off over seven years. You know, uh, so he went into a deal. No balloon payment, nothing. After seven years, you get your wife. So after he had done the seven years, he says, Give me my wives and my children for whom I've served you and let me go. For you know my service which I have done for you. It gets really interesting. And Laban said unto him, Please stay if I have found favor in your eyes. Can you imagine? Going to your boss and say, I, I, mean, I want to give you my resignation. And your boss says, Please stay if I have found favor in your eyes. How many can <laughs> How many can testify? And I know some people in this place who have heard their bosses say this to them. They start off as saying, you know, please stay, please stay. And then they start getting really angry. You can't go. If you leave me, then no one can have you. You know why? Because they see, they see the blessing on your life. And they know the reason they are prospering is not because they are not fools. The people in the world, they know it's your integrity and it's your blessing and they want to keep you working for them. Amen. And Laban said unto him, please stay if I found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. I know what you did for this company. Next verse. Am I reading to you? 43. Okay. Then he said, name your wages and I'll give it. So this is negotiation. He says, how much do you want? You want to leave me? Okay, you won't leave me. How much do you want? How much did they offer you? Sounds familiar? So Jacob said unto him, You know how I have served you and how your livestock have been with me. What did Jacob inherit from Isaac? Two things that we said. Wisdom and the blessing. So he had wisdom and the blessing was working with him. Watch what happens. It gets really interesting. For what you had before I came was little. And it has increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. And now, when, when shall I also provide for my own house? The man has worked 14 years. He's ready to go into his own business. Notice, this is just not some kind of graduate coming from a Latin saying, Yeah, you know, pastor, my boss is mean and I want to leave. And your boss is saying, praise the Lord, please leave me. No, the boss is saying, stay. And he's saying, I feel like I'm ready to start a business. The only time you're ready to start a business is if your boss still wants you. Because you've been faithful. All right, okay, moving right along. 
And he said, what shall I give you? And Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flock. So he's now negotiating. The wisdom is kicking in. Next verse. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing there all the speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs and the spotted and the speckled amongst the goats and these shall be my wages. So in other words, he negotiated a a shareholding deal. And then watch what happened. So my righteousness will answer for me in the time to come when the subject of my wages comes before you. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted amongst the goats and brown amongst the lamb will be considered stolen if it's with me. Simple, right? Watch what happens. And Laban said, oh, that it were according to your word. In other words, young man, you have a deal. That's not how he did it. He said, young man, you have a deal. You are a fool. That's how he did it. Next verse. So he removed that day. This is labor now. He removed that day. So the guy went to sleep. He said, okay, so I'm going to come back tomorrow morning. And then we, uh, we start the process of me selecting the ones with speckles and spotted. And then, you know, we will keep continue. So he went to sleep. Uh, what's his name? Jacob. And then Laban, watch what Laban did. So he removed that day male goats that were speckled and spotted and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted and everyone that had some white in it and all the brown ones amongst the lambs and gave into the hand of his sons. Next verse. Then he put three days journey between himself and Jacob. In other words, he took them as far as a three days journey. So he went and cooked the papers in the night while they were sleeping and fixed the shareholding. I mean, the game is not fair. <laughs> this is why you need wisdom and the blessing. Because they are bringing crookery and witchcraft and anything they can bring. There are people in the marketplace that will bring even the powers of darkness. There are people who will sacrifice their mothers to be a success in the marketplace. So if you go naked, you will not survive. It's a jungle. It's a jungle in the field. There are people who will bribe politicians to get your place. So if you're not going with God's wisdom and God's blessing, you will be kicked out to the curb. Three days journey. Watch what happens. Now Jacob took for himself the rods of green pop. He didn't cry. He didn't complain. He didn't go to the courts. He went and inquired of the Lord and got from wisdom and the blessing. Now he got himself rods of green poplar and the almond and chestnut trees and peeled white strips in them and exposed the white which was in the rods. And the rods which he had peeled he set before the flocks in the gutters and in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink so that they should con- conceive when they came to drink. So as they were conceiving, he, he put these things in front of them. So the flocks conceived before the rods, and the flocks brought forth strict, speckled, and spotted. God restarted him again. So it doesn't matter what went away three days' journey. Let's start afresh. We'll fix this thing. How many of you know that the God that we serve is the God, the owner of the heavens and the earth? He can, he can make you win against all odds. All you have to do is partner with him and work with him. Watch what happens. Then Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the strict and all the brown in the flock of Laban. But he put his own flocks by themselves and did not put them with Laban's flocks. And watch what happens. And it came to pass whenever the stronger livestock conceived, Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters that they might conceive amongst the rods. But when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger were Jacob's. 
Notice this is not happening over a one-week period. See, a lot of people think the blessing is a get-rich-quick fix. That's where we make it. See, the blessing is not a miracle money. Boom, miracle money in my account. That's nonsense. The blessing is when you work with God and God downloads strategies that you can go into the marketplace and do amazing stuff over a long period of time. This is not just money to pay off your house. This is big money. Watch what happens. Then the man, you remember Isaac? Isaac began to prosper, began, began, uh, 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 began prospering until he was prospered and continued to prosper or something like that. Watch. It's the same thing. It was transferred to his son. This is what has moved from generation to generation in the Jewish community. In fact, all the Jews, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, they remit 10% back to Israel, to what are called the Orthodox Jews. And the Orthodox Jews, all they do is go to the temple, fast and pray for them to win in the marketplace. It's not fair. (laughs) It cannot be fair. Amen? (laughs) Then the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks female and male servants plural and camels and donkeys by the way camels and donkeys are just cars nice cars amen why don't you stand on your feet man thank you jesus father we thank you we give you glory we give you praise for this your word 